Thank you, Jesus. As that you see in the screen, I'm going to speak on a subject today entitled, Between the Pillars. Between the Pillars. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. For they said, Our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. There's a lot of people praising their God. 2020 for they said our God hath delivered us or delivered into our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country which slew many of us I like the fact that they had recognized that it was the God of Israel that had really slain many of them as God defended Israel in the face of their enemies but the enemy always likes revenge. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry that they said, call for Samson. The Bible says that they did so and they bring, bring him out of the prison house that he was in and they were gonna make sport of him. And the Bible says this phrase that they set him between the pillars. Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, says, suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth that I may lean upon them now the house of the Lord the house was full of men and women and all the lords of the Philistines were there there upon the roof were about 3,000 men and women and beheld while Samson made sport and Samson called unto the Lord and said oh Lord God remember me I pray thee and strengthen me everybody say strengthen me I pray thee only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was born. And of, of the one was his right hand and of the other was his left hand. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all of his might. And the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Amen. I know that's a long text, but I feel God has given me a very sure word for this service today. So I wonder if you would just pray with me. Ask God to help you to receive this word. Help me to preach this word that God would be glorified. God, we thank you for, God, a heavy anointing, God, that's here. God, perhaps subtle. God, perhaps, perhaps working underneath of us right now. God, but we do thank you for what we feel. We thank you, Lord God, that you are always in control, that you always get the last say. Jesus, we pray, Father, that you would hide us behind the cross today. Let us be nothing more or less than a conduit, God, for your voice. And God, we pray that you would strengthen the great church in Fredericton. God, we pray, God, that you would minister, Lord. Help them, God, to receive a word from your presence today. God will give you glory for it in the name that is above names, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't we give the Lord a praise one more time. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, lift your voice while you're praising him. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I give you glory. I give you honor today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. People are impressed by strength. Men especially. All the men say amen. 
I know some of you like to watch uh, fighting and UFC and MMA and all that stuff because it's quite, it's quite intriguing to watch people of strength. It just has a curiosity to it. But history has its list of strong men, and so does the Bible. The Scripture even glamorizes for some the, the strength of animals such as lions and horses. And Job speaks, the book of Job speaks of behemoth and Leviathan. And, and God even is speaking of them in the book of Job and honoring the, their great strength. My wife clearly was interested in sheer raw power when she married me. And I have a picture here that will demonstrate this. I don't know if they grabbed it or not, but if they did, they can cast that on the screen. Um, maybe they don't. Um, but anyway, she was clearly impressed by this. And uh, I wish you could see it because it's, it's, it's really sheer raw power. Um, but the reality is, is that our, our world is really impressed by strength. The Guinness World Book of Records in the 1985 edition lists Paul Anderson as holding the record for the greatest weight ever raised by a human being, lifting 6,270 pounds in a backlift. Now, I know some of you just kind of do that during your breakfast routine, just put up six, over 6,000 pounds. As of 2020, the world record bench press without any equipment was set by a man named Julius Maddox, and he bench pressed 770 pounds. Everybody say, wow. 770 pounds. That's a lot of weight. That'd be like bench pressing like a lot of me. That, that's, 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 that's an amazing feat. And some of you men are going to go home to the mirror and to stretch and see what you can do how many women have just seen caught their husband in the mirror sometimes you know I know you don't want to get caught and get in trouble but it's a reality that, that men really they, they like to be strong and Jared Young he's from Australia in 2018 he broke a record for the most push-ups that could happen in an hour now first of all it's a great feat that someone could even do push-ups for an hour someone say hello amen hallelujah some of you would like to be able to do a push-up for a couple seconds. Now, don't, nobody run the aisles here. This is, but the reality is this guy did it. He did push-ups for an hour, and in the total amount of push-ups, somebody take a wild guess, and don't use Google. In one hour, somebody take a wild guess. 400. Anybody else? 1,000. No, 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 no. Listen, this guy did 2,806 push-ups in an hour. I'll be right back. But strength is not always measured the same way. There have been some other acts of raw power displayed by humans. This guy by the name of Muhammad Rashid holds the record. Listen, all you get ready for this. For the most walnuts crushed by his hand. Everybody say, wow. And he crushed, if you could believe this, and, and, and this is a really a smashing record, ha, ha, ha. He, he smashed, some of you got that. He smashed 284 walnuts. Now, I think there's a sale on walnuts over at Sobeys. You can, you can go grab some when you go home, and you can just start smashing walnuts and try to break the record. This is funny. This is your time to laugh. 
Or how about this guy named Chris Pittman? He's from the UK and he holds the record for the most pine boards broke in one minute. And he broke in one minute 315 pine boards. That's impressive. That's impressive. He's basically like a human chainsaw. He's just kind of knocking, okay. He's just kind of, you know, getting the job done. 315 pine boards. The Bible also talks about the strong man of Scripture. We know his name. His name is Samson. We read about him today. But Judges 13 introduces the story of this strong man. He was the son of a man named Manoah from the family of the Danites. Manoah's wife was barren, and his wife is not even mentioned in Scripture. She is not even brought into uh, a knowledge of her name, but, but we understand that she had a great commitment and, and call from God to raise a man named Samson. Judges 13 and 3 says, But thou shalt conceive and bear a son, it says, now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink. It says, and eat not any unclean thing, for lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So there was a call upon the mother and the father of this particular man, Samson, to raise him up under the Nazarite vow. Because of Samson's consecration, God had anointed him to perform mighty great acts. He killed a lion in the 14th chapter in verse number 5 to 9. He also killed 30 Philistines another time. And then he burned the fields of the Philistines in another act of strength. Another slaughter of the Philistines came in, in the, the book of Judges chapter 15. He escaped the ropes killing 1,000 Philistines at another time. He lifted the gate of Gaza up, both posts from the, from the gate, and lifted it and carried up a mighty hill. He escaped from bowstrings and new ropes, and he escaped from the loom. And finally, at the end of his life, he killed 3,000 Philistines in his death. It was an amazing life that he lived, a great acts of strength. But let me tell us today, and let me make mention along this message here today, that when we look at strength, strength does not always make up for our weaknesses. In most instances, looking in preceding Judges chapter number 16, there is a phrase mentioned along when the power of God would move upon Samson. The phrase is this, that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Up until Judges chapter 16, several times was it mentioned, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, or the Spirit of the Lord moved mightily upon him. But that changed in Judges chapter number 16, which opens with the statement, then Samson went to Gaza. Gaza was located near the sea. It was one of the chief towns and chief strongholds of the Philistines. As to what brought Samson there, we perhaps do not know because the scripture is silenced. But what we do know is that this was one of the most perilous decisions that Samson had ever made. Do you know that our choices and our steps have consequences? 
Hello, somebody. The things that we do, the decisions that we make, they have consequences. Somebody say amen. And so Samson goes down to this city and controlled by really a Philistine stronghold. And it's always a treacherous decision when we go into areas that are strongholds of the enemy. Because there will be an attack. There will be a, a something formed against us. I know that firsthand when we went into Halifax, not just as visitors, but we went to plant a church. We faced strongholds. We faced things that tried to take away our faith and tried to stop us from planting that church. I can tell you that there were many sleepless nights. I can tell you that there are many times I came to a conclusion that my strength is not enough. Hello, somebody, that my strength is not enough, that I'm going to need a strength from another place. I'm going to need strength that can come only from God because my strength is not strong enough for this. So we must be careful. We must be understanding of this. But Samson sadly did not have this understanding. We are four verses into Judges chapter number 16 when we find that Samson had been with the harlot and he'd also been with Delilah within four verses of scripture. And the Bible never again says that the Spirit of God moved upon Samson. I don't ever want to get to a place where the Spirit of God doesn't move upon me when I'm numb to the presence of God, where I don't feel the power of God in my life I can't do it by myself I can't accomplish this in my own strength I need the power of God somebody say amen hallelujah why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the house hallelujah hallelujah Samson's unbridled passions led him on several occasions to break God's law. And Samson's strength, listen, was eclipsed by this particular drawing away of his eyes and lusting after unclean things. Can I tell you today that we still got to be a holy church? Can I tell you today that we still have to have conviction? Can I tell you today that we need to maintain a walk with God, something that keeps us right? in the presence of the Lord. Can we just praise him together? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody, lift up your voice just for a bit. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, our great God. Thank you, our great God. Hallelujah. Much of Samson's peril really did happen because of the places that he went. The places that he went really did have impact upon him. I can't say for certain, for certain or for sure, that, that when he went down to Gaza that he had any intention of making himself available to a harlot. I can't say that, but we have to be careful of the places we go. We just can't make... We have to be careful. I don't just want to go on my own journey. I don't want to go on without accountability. I want to make sure if I'm going somewhere that God has sent me there, then I'm not going by my own self. Come on, I don't want to go by my own self. I want to go where God sends me. Come on, somebody. Hear what this preacher is saying today. I want to make sure. Samson got himself into some moral things that, that really shipwrecked him. 
And the reality is, is that where our thoughts bring us, there will be a manifestation. Hello? There will be a manifestation. Whatever we entertain in our mind, it will manifest itself somewhere. It will start coming out in the way that we, ta- we talk, in the way that we walk, the way that we live our life. Three times the Bible says when we look at Samson's life in the beginning in chapter 14, the Bible says that he went down to Timnah. This was the beginning because he got his eye upon a, a Philistine girl and, and him, God, that was not God's original plan for him. But he got his eye on the wrong thing and the Bible said he went down to Timnah. No, nothing happened right away. No, things didn't go south right away. But the moment you start taking downward steps, the moment you stop coming to prayer meeting, the moment you stop worshiping, the moment you stop reading the Bible, the moment you start, come on, Come on, the moment you stop doing things that you know to do, you start going down. And that's when danger arises. You say that could happen to a a seasoned church like this. Oh, yes, it can. Oh, yes, it can. It can happen to any one of us. I said earlier, but strength in one area does not make up for weakness in another area. We must be careful not to be blinded by our own strength. Because I want you to know that our own strength has an end. Our own strength has an end. We must understand the source of our strength. Perhaps for Samson, this was really a shocking revelation. Because Samson really, really did not understand the source of his own strength. You say, yes, he did. Because he he never cut his hair originally no he didn't but he he played and he he came close to the line so many times because he really truly did not recognize his own strength samson's covenant was really inherited it's something that he grew up with and let me say today that there's a danger with what we grow up with there's a danger when we grow up with something You see, Abraham, he was 75 before embarking upon a covenant. He'd already lived a long life. Moses was 80 before he seized a burning bush. Samuel, he is a young man called, hears the voice of God at a young age, but Samson receives his call to covenant even before the birth. I just want to put this out here today, that whatever becomes common to us, we can become casual about. That's a word that God put in my spirit for this moment, for this church, that whatever we be- becomes common to us, we can become casual about. I'm going to say it again, that whatever becomes common to us, we can become casual about, that we cannot understand, that we have walked into this place today, that there was a great price that was paid for every single person to be here. You did not just stroll into a church, but you strolled into a church that's been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. It started with a cross. Jesus went all the way to a cross. There was a great price that was paid years ago when this church was built. It was built upon great sacrifice. And I know our pastor honors that sacrifice. I understand that this was built upon the sacrifice of men and women that prayed. 
Men and women that gave, men and women that were ridiculed, men and women that endured a lot of things so that we can have what we have today. And I don't ever want to forget what God has given us. Whatever becomes common, we have the tendency to be casual about. Judges 16 and 20, it said, and she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before. And he says, I will shake myself. And he said, he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. The amplified version says, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as I have time after time. And he said, I will shake myself. I will shake myself, he says. For Samson did not know that the Lord had departed from him. I'm talking about the guy with the long hair. I'm talking about the guy that for, the, for the, as long as he could remember, the hair of his back was, was running down, or hair of his head was running down his back. He lived with a Nazarite vow every day. He understood that there was power in the Nazarite vow. But can I declare to you today that he really did not understand it? Do you know that we can be surrounded by something and not fully understand what we have? Oh, I wish somebody would help me preach in this place today. We can be surrounded by something and not fully understand what we have. Come on, somebody. We, we were surrounded by angels today. The Bible says that angels desire to look into what we have. Come on, they desire to be in your position to know what redemption feels like. Common becomes casual and more than I'm preaching to people today I am preaching to spirits that would try to influence us to be casual about the things of God while there are souls around us that they are wanting to come into the kingdom they are wanting to know Jesus Christ but when we become common when we become casual we cannot observe them He did not know it, the Bible says. He shook himself. Do you know that sometimes in Pentecost, this is a Pentecost thing, sometimes we associate the anointing with music and, and, and worship. Anybody with me today? Sometimes we associate that anointing with that song or, or with, a, with a certain uh, theme of music, but the, the anointing is not tied to a theme of music. Come on. It's not tied to a, a certain song that we sing. The anointing is tied to a life that is consecrated to God, a life that is holy before God, and God is attracted to that. God is attracted to that. Samson did not fully understand that in the locks of his hair was tied a covenant. A covenant that preceded him. Could I dare step into this area today and tell us that our heritage matters? Come on, our heritage matters. What has been given to us is absolutely important. What Samson was given, was given him by his mom and his dad cost him something. Hello, somebody. We ought to shout about that. We ought to shout about that because our heritage matters. Come on, I'm just kind of rocking the boat this morning. I understand. 
I just come to, to rock the boat this morning. I'm just a conduit for, for what God has spoken to my spirit. I have no agenda. I don't know any situations, but I know when God speaks to me and God is telling me to tell this church, heritage still matters to us. It still matters where we came from. Come on, I wish there was a few elders today. You just begin to lift up your voice. Could somebody just go ahead and stir up their own spirit right now? Could you do that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, I give you praise. I give you praise. God, we love you. We worship you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, thank you, Lord. You see, I, I don't want to just hear about the doctrine. Somebody listen to me. I want to know the doctrine. The Bible said the time that you should be teachers. You're having need that people teach you again. It's not enough for us to be able to quote Acts 2.38 and think that's good. We ought to be teachers of Acts 2.38. We ought to be preaching Acts 2.38. Come on, somebody. We ought to find somebody in this city that needs to be born again of the water of the Spirit. We ought to find somebody because then we not just know what in our head, but that means it's living in our heart. It's living in our life. Samson did not know. He tried to shake himself. He tried to associate just, a, just some sort of a feeling so he could conjure up something that happened many, many times before. But I'm telling us again today that that anointing flows from a right relationship. And Samson had need to know where the power of his covenant was coming from. Is his heritage. I had mentioned today that that when something becomes common, we become casual about it. We don't notice the, the hole in the drywall because we've walked by it many times before. We don't notice the stain on the carpet because we've walked by it many times before. We don't notice something that's broken. Don't look at your wife right now. But your wife knows that it's broken. She has a list and she's checking it twice. I speak from experience. Samson should have known the source of his strength. Strength comes in many different forms. Samson probably never fully understood that either. That strength is not just defined in, in what he could accomplish. Strength, if you were defined in the dictionary, it means the quality or state of being strong, the capacity for exertion or endurance. And I like this because it leans in the direction that I'm Ending this message today is it's the power to resist. There's an illustration, just for the sake of brevity. This guy in this strongman competition, they, they, they take these two large pillars and likely somewhat designed after the story of Samson. And, 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 and these are very heavy pillars. And, 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 and put up probably 300 pounds each pillar in, and they take the strong man and in the hands of the strong man they put a chain here and they put a chain here. And all of a sudden they let, they let the pillars go. And, and his whole object of this, of this competition is to be able to restrain them from falling down. It's restraining power. 
His, his power is not measured upon what he could lift, but how much he could hold on. How much he could restrain. Anybody hear what I'm saying today? That there's a different kind of power that Samson never understood. It's a power to restrain. It's a power to hold back. And there's a power that we cannot forget in the apostolic church. And it's the power to restrain some things. It's the power to say no to some things. It's the power of the church to say, no, we won't go down that direction. I know it would be easy. I know it would be convenient, but I refuse to go down that direction. I am going to restrain myself. We need some saints that know how to restrain themselves. We need some saints that when they feel things in the spirit, when they feel overwhelmed, when they feel the devil has pushed them a little bit too hard, we need some saints that will restrain. We need some saints that will stand up and say, no, not here, not in this church. Oh, I wish somebody helped me right now. I wish somebody helped me right now because the Spirit of God wants to move upon this church and God wants to restore some restraining power. Because you know what happens when there's no restraint? The enemy just comes in and he wrecks havoc. He does what he, what he wants to do. And nobody says no. Nobody stops him. Nobody says, hey, you can't have that. God brought my attention to Naboth's vineyard. Ahab wanted that vineyard, but Naboth said what? He said no. Shout it at me. No. Come on, there needs to be a no in 2020. Come on, there's a lot of people saying yes to the political environment. Come on, but we need some people that still say no. We need an apostolic church that says no. Come on, we got to say no. We feel like we just need to fall into line and, and kind of salute when they say salute. And we're just going to follow the edicts of this world. But we need a church that will lead and a church that will say no. A church that will say, God, this will be an apostolic church. This will be a church on fire. God, this will be a church where there's new birth, where there's miracles and signs and wonders. I wonder if you could give the Lord a praise together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask our music to come back. But there's nothing overly beautiful about restraining power, and perhaps that's why we have a hard time shouting about it. Perhaps that's why that when we preach such things that it's kind of hard to run the aisles on that note. But we must understand that there is a difference between the power to do something and the power not to do it. We must understand that we have a lot of extra or outwardly or extrinsic power. But there's something that can be said about intrinsic power. Power unseen. I don't see anybody running to Instagram just to take a picture of a pillar. They're not very attractive. I don't see a lot of talk about just the plainness of a pillar. We take pictures of beautiful structures and decorated places, offices, buildings, whatever it might be, but nobody really is taking a picture and saying, wow, that's a beautiful pillar. We 
pass it by. We don't take the time to appreciate it. But its strength is, is not glamorous, but its strength is, is in its restraining ability. And Revelation 3 and 12 says, Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. Do you see that? Him that overcometh. I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. He shall go, go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. For what? For doing something great? No. Can anybody hear me today? For overcoming. For overcoming. For saying no to some things. When the enemy came in, and the enemy tried to come against your faith and the enemy tried to steal your apostolic identity or steal your belief in the, in the message that we have received. You just said no. You just said no. You just said no, I'm sorry. I won't give this up. There's a price upon this. I value the heritage. I value where it came from. No. Overcome. Resist. Restrain. Proverbs chapter 16, verse number 32 says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He that ruleth the spirit than he that taketh the city. We put a lot of glamour on the strong that can take a city. But the scripture is putting honor today on something that can simply restrain its own self. If there ever was a time we needed people who had overcoming power, it's today. Let that settle in. Come on, you see the news. If there ever was a people that needed to have overcoming power, it's today. It takes power to not put our opinion on Facebook. It takes power to not freely speak your mind about everything you think. That takes power. I know people that something's not going right in the church I'm not saying this church but they put their opinion out on Facebook because they have no restraining power I don't know anything I'm just saying don't look at that person you read their post this morning it takes power not to answer somebody sharply when you've been mistreated that takes restraining power and toward the end of Samson's life he started to get an understanding of the power he neglected his whole life. It wasn't the extrinsic power, but it was simply that power to say no. Samson requests to be placed between the pillars. The pillars are a source of strength to the house. He understands that. They restrain the house from falling. They almost form a part of the backdrop. They draw no attention to themselves, these pillars. But he understands something, that the strength is in those pillars. And the Bible says with his left hand and with his right hand, he grasped them. He begins to pull them down. He begins to put pressure upon them, 3,000 Philistines were brought to their death. 
standing between the pillars. Finally in his life, he understands something, that the real strength is not something that is, is seen with the natural eye, but something that is buried deep within. Psalm chapter 18 and 17, speaking of the enemy that is too strong for us, says, He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. Samson, you would have done well if you understood that some things are too strong for you. You would have done well, Samson, if you had of, took knowledge and took wisdom of the fact that you can't do everything with your physical strength. Jesus in Luke 11 said we must first bind the strong man if we're going to have victory. James chapter 4 and 7 speaks of this strength. Submit yourself. Do you know there's power in submission? There's power in submission. Submission to somebody else that's over you is not a form of your weakness. It is a form of the strength that's within inside of you that you have. Mm. Come on, somebody. Strength that is inside of you that says, I will not beat to the rhythm of my own drum. I will not do what my eyes want to do, but God, I will submit myself. The Bible says then, it says resist the devil and he will flee from you. We don't have the ability sometimes to overcome the devil in our own strength. But as we submit, we gain restraining power. All strength is formed from resistance. When something lacks tension, it is incapable of producing strength. In fact, your entire muscle system is built upon resistance. The tendons that are in your body give your, ability, your body resistance so that you can produce strength. As we walk upon these two pillars, we learn a lesson. The lesson is this, is that as I walk, I use the resistance of, of this leg to step into this position and then so on and so forth and I, as I walk I'm using my former resistance to get me forward into a place that I need to be the destination that I want to go but it's all based upon resistance if there was no resistance here then this step would be meaningless it would it would it would it would accomplish nothing without the resistance that's formed in your first step here's what I know today is that my past, this is a word from God for this church, that my past matters. That what I did right here, my first step, is going to impact my next step. Anybody follow me today? That what I'm doing right here matters. What I planted already, what I established already, is going to set me up for success. And the moment I establish myself and I lock into some things and then and only then can I get the power to walk into some new things. What Samson didn't understand is that what he did with his life and his past and all the things that he did, he didn't recognize that they actually mattered. They actually had significance. He didn't realize till later on in his life that how significant they were. He didn't understand that his heritage was valuable. He didn't understand the power of his covenant that he had and that was given to him. 
But in that moment when he, when, when he comes to the end of his life, he finally realizes that all that was more important than I realized. And when you walk with God, when you establish something, when you put your foot on something, when you say, God, I'm going to take a stand here, what you are doing is you're setting yourself up for success. What you established in your past now becomes a push-off for your future. What you said, hey, I'm going to take a stand here. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to participate in that. When you take that kind of a stand, all of a sudden, it gives you strength for your future. All of a sudden, the things that come your way in the future, you have a place in your life that you have established. That's why we must be against some things. That's why we must say no to some things. Because if we say yes to everything, we will have no power before God. So what am I saying today? I'm saying this. I feel like the Holy Ghost is challenging us to arise in our spirit today to be the resistors of some things. In our personal lives, in our church, in our city, in our families, to say no to some things. To say, God, I resist that. I, I don't know how to stop it in my own strength, but God, I resist that. I don't know about you, but there have been things that have happened in my family that have bothered me. I didn't like them. I saw family members perhaps going astray, and, and I didn't like that. I said, God, you got to help me to resist that. You've got to help me to put my foot firm upon something and say no right now because I'm fighting God for a future. You've got to understand if your foot doesn't go down, there is no next step. There is no next step. What are we going to do in Fredericton for a next step? What are we going to do for the future of another generation that will inherit what we have if we don't put our foot down on some things, if we don't say no to some things, if we don't establish something? How will we walk into our future? How will we walk into the future with strength? How? How? If it becomes common to us and we stop standing and we stop establishing, how will we get increased? How will we push off and see what God has for the next generation? I believe, I believe that there's some people here under the sound of my voice that you are going to defend the things that God has passed down to you. I believe that there are young people and elders alike that still value those things and you have not decided to throw them away but you've decided to marry them together and say God I value what you've done in the past. God I value this heritage but God I'm going to marry it with my future. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, there's power between these pillars. My past and my future. I'm going to bring them together, God. I'm going, to, I'm going to stand between, Lord God, the heritage of the past and 
God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find strength in that, God, but I'm also going to reach to my future. God, I'm also going to reach, God, for another generation. God, I'm going to be a witness when I'm in the park or, God, when I'm at the store or, God, when, I, when I'm going on my daily routine on my job, God, I'm going to still preach the message. God, I'm going to still proclaim, God, it's not become common to me. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let conviction settle in here. Conviction. Conviction. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. There needs to be tension in this room right now. Resistance. Resistance to the normal. Resistance to the average. Resistance to just going through the motion. Somebody needs to resist that right now. Somebody, maybe you haven't fought for your family in a long time. It's time that you arise today and resist. Some of you have just swallowed the lie of the enemy about your life. It's time that you arise and resist that and say, no, no, no. Some of you have hungered for deeper moves of God in your personal life. And it's time that you arise with resistance and say, no, I refuse God to be pushed into complacency. I refuse God to be rocked asleep by my world. God, I refuse to bow. God, I desire to resist today. Scripture says, Lord God, to stand therefore. And when you have done all that you can do, just stand. I wonder if we could stand across this room. Come on, I know there's some of you that are tired right now, but God's not asking you to do anything. God's asking you simply to submit and to resist, to stand, just to keep standing. Keep allowing the Spirit of God to quicken you where you are, to resist the things that, that perhaps would be so easy to do. It's not time for elders to lose hope. It's not time for elders to stop praying because you've done your praying. It's not time for young people just to stop engaging and stop believing because all of your friends aren't here. But we need somebody that will put up a resistance, put up a fight and say, God, I'm going to stand for this. I'm going to stand. Come on, is there any young people here today that you're going to stand for truth? That you're going to stand for righteousness? That you're not going to cave in? That you're not going to give up? You're not going to just go the way of the world, but you're going to live for God? Is there any young people like that today? Come on, are you here? Can I hear your voice in the room? Is there somebody like that today? Oh, come on, let your voice out. Come on, let it rise right now. Let your voice rise right now. God, I say no. God, I restrain right now. God, I say no, God, to the pull of the world. God, I say no. Come on, I need somebody to stir themselves. Mm. 
That's it. Right there. We've ignited it right there. Come on. Come on. That is called resisting power right there. Come on, what you're feeling and what you're hearing is resisting power in the atmosphere. Some people are saying, no, no, I will stand for a move of God. Oh, come on, there's a revival over the other side of this. There's a move of God on the other side of this. If we'll just stand right now, if we'll just stand right now, God has increased. God has increased. Oh, come on, there's a prophetic word in the atmosphere right now. There's a prophetic word in the atmosphere of this church right now. There is increase, there is increase, there is increase. But first I must stand. Come on, somebody. I got to stand in the middle of my heritage and my future. I got to stand, oh God, with one foot cemented on the truth and one foot reaching to my future. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on. Could you pray? Could you create an atmosphere right now? Come on, let's move in the spirit together as a church. Come on, we need somebody to dream again. Come on, we need that dream to come back again. We need somebody to reach a bit further again.